Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Father and our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Pulpit after pulpit in Christian churches throughout our land. Self-help sermons on how to live as better Christians are preached. Such are sermons, while well-intended, which are nothing but the law. Some may even turn into fire and brimstone type of sermons. As if the Ten Commandments weren't enough. Such preachers lay long lists of things to do on the weary shoulders of sinners craving to have their burden of sin lifted only to find out that they now have another to-do list to accomplish which they won't be able to do. As a result, many Christians mistakenly think that living like a follower of Christ is something they need, that they do rather than something Christ does for them. And therefore, further burdened with guilt for not having lived well enough, some begin to doubt the, valid the validity of their own faith and whether God loves them after all. And yet, frequently I am asked why I, as a Lutheran pastor, am not more into the so-called victorious Christian life. Again, my Christian friends mean well when they ask me such things, but they are misled into thinking that somehow they are responsible for making their lives more godly. Most of them think they are on a journey of sanctification. Some of them even think that they are going to accomplish it on this side of heaven. Then when their inevitable sins make it clear that their lives really aren't so victorious, again they begin to wonder if they are really believers after all or they just ignore their sins and turn into the proverbial hypocrite. On the other hand, I do have to admit, and I hate to admit this, it's much easier to recruit volunteers, for instance for a uh, my prison ministry, from churches who put the victorious Christian life front and center of their preaching. Guilt works. <laughs> now, even some Missouri Senate Lutherans can and do fall into this trap of human works righteousness. Though we really ought to know better, we sometimes believe what preachers on TV often put forward as truth when it is not true at all. My mother comes into mind. Joyce Myers, remember her? She went to Switzerland. And my mother went to one of her services and she was just... Uh, she just was overwhelmed and happy. I had to correct her though. <laughs> and Joyce... She was a Lutheran at one point. Anyway, I'm digressing. Um, so, so some of our, some of us are, well, the, the shut-ins are probably more vulnerable than others because they have no alternative than to watch 
TV services, hopefully Lutherans, because they have difficulties coming to uh, church. But we're fortunate, we only have one shut in. And her name is Lois. And you don't mess with Lois. <laughs> she called me actually to chastise me about uh, baptism because Nathan Maxwell hadn't been baptized in time. She said, What are you waiting for? <laughs> I'm not worried about Lois. But we should also worry about our kids who could be vulnerable when they hang out with non-Lutheran friends and visit non-Lutheran churches with them. They may fall for the we are all the same lie. Our old Adam loves the law even though he cannot keep it. And this old sinful self needs to be daily drowned in our baptismal <coughs> waters. But how is our old Adam drowned? Well, it is drowned in contrition. Now, what does it mean to be contrite? Feeling or showing sorrow and remorse for a wrong that one has done. That is the meaning of contrition. Our baptism may have taken place long ago, but through it, God works contrition and repentance in our lives every single day. Our baptism was not merely a historical event to be remembered or a rite of passage to be marked. Rather, it was the means by which God brought salvation through Christ to us. Baptism grants the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And in our text today we read, We were buried therefore with him by the baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And Peter, at the end of his sermon on Pentecost, said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. This is from Acts 2.38. Baptism is Christ's act, which enables our old Adam to be daily killed and the new man to be brought forth. Contrition is the perception of our sin and the fear of God's wrath against our sins. Our sins cry out against God, but with a believer, contrition leads to repentance. Repentance is worked by God's word and sacrament to bring the contrite person to faith, and then to bring good works, which are the fruit of repentance. In our lives, this means that we daily drown the old Adam, killing him with the law. He must die. He must die over and over again. Then the new man being brought forth in us daily is Christ at work with his precious gospel of grace and forgiveness and to produce good works. Let us always remember our good works are not ours, but Christ's. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. That's from Philippians 2.13. Therefore, keeping a list or a set of books
books on our good works is not only unnecessary but unwise and misleading. We read in Matthew chapter 25, verses 37 to 40, we read, Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Look, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked or clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did to one of the least of these of my brothers, you did it to me. Please notice, the sheep had no idea that they had done such things. They were just being Christ's sheep. On the other hand, there were the goats. And we read in Matthew 25, 44, then they also will answer saying, that these are the goats, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And this will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. In contrast to the sheep, the goats were shocked that they hadn't done such things, you know, they kept score after all. They had books and lists and all sorts of stuff. Our Lord Jesus Christ has shed his blood on the cross in payment for our sins. He has washed us in bap baptism's holy water to apply his blood to our sin-riddled lives. He has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit with baptism's waters and through that gracious word connected water continues to be at work in us to do his divine bidding in our lives. In all of this, God's grace shines through. So, dear brothers and sisters, fear not. The Lord is at work in our lives. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. <coughs> the peace of God